My next point is the Spirit's witness. Verse 16. The Spirit himself goes on bearing witness with our spirit that we are being the children of God. Now notice it says the Spirit himself, which indicates the Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person and not a force. Paul says a person goes on bearing witness with our person that we are children of God. I remember the Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every fact may be confirmed. So your spirit tells you that you are a child of God. The disciples before Jesus gave them a spirit knew that they were children of God. John 1 verse 11 to 12 says this, He came to his own and did those who were his own did not receive him, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right, the authority to become the children of God, even to those who believe in his name. That is the disciples, basically. Jesus had even taught them in the Lord's prayer to say, Father to God. So they were certain that they were children of God in their own spirit. But the Spirit of God comes as a second witness to confirm to you that you are a child of God, to confirm that fact that you are a child of God. It makes you to enjoy assurance of your salvation to enjoy the joy of your salvation the way our consciences bear witness of the law written in our heart same way the spirit bears witness with our spirits that we are children of god when you are walking on the path that leads to life When you go on being led by the Spirit, the Spirit witness is very, very strong. Comes very strong that you know for certain that you are saved. If you are living in sin, you won't enjoy this assurance. It won't be that strong. Remember David's incident with Bathsheba, that sin against Bathsheba. He felt like he had grieved the Spirit and he was begging God, do not take away your... Holy Spirit for me. Remember that prayer in Psalm 51. It feels like it was not really feeling the Spirit very strongly anymore. And it even says, Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Restore unto me. It wasn't enjoying the assurance of the salvation then. This assurance, this witness of the Spirit is a really marvelous experience. Many believers struggle with assurance. And I would love you to ask God for a spirit of adoption. You have not because you ask not. Keep on knocking, banging on heaven's doors till you receive the spirit of adoption. I haven't really met any believer 
who has been baptized in the Holy Spirit that has struggled with assurance of their salvation. Many believers struggle to even doubt if they are saved. And if you read through church history, a lot of believers who have gotten this witness of the Spirit, this baptism in the Holy Spirit, that have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, most of them felt like they've never been Christians before. A very, very marvelous experience. They felt the love of God shared abroad in their hearts by the Spirit of God in a great way. If you feel that the love of God is not being reciprocated. God, you know that God loves you, but you are not able to reciprocate that love to Him. Ask for His Holy Spirit. You can see the love of God demonstrated to you in the cross, but do you feel it in your heart? Romans 5, 5 says, the Spirit shared abroad, uh, God has sent the Spirit into our heart that has shared abroad the love of God in our heart. Ask for His Spirit, and when God sends His Spirit into your heart, and you feel the love of God, then you are able to reciprocate that love back to God. The same way, for example, if a boy is trying to get a girl, to date a girl, he gives the girl gifts. So the girl basically knows sometimes that this guy has loves uh, me. But sometimes she might not feel the love to be able to reciprocate it back. Maybe the guy might not be going through uh, know her love language. The guy is not actually telling her that he loves her. He's just seen the gift. She's not feeling the love that he has for her. So she cannot reciprocate the love back. The same way God wants us to feel the love that he has for us so that we can be able to reciprocate his love back. And we can be able to keep his command. Even Satan can't make you doubt that you are saved. Because it says, the Spirit goes on bearing witness. Present continuous test goes on bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. You become so sure that you are being saved without a doubt. That if you die at this moment, that you'll be going to heaven. It's not only about believing that you are a child of God. Do you know this from your experience that you are actually a child of God? Ask God for His Spirit of adoption. Ask God for the witness of His Holy Spirit that you may be certain of your salvation. The last point is the Spirit's glory. Verse 17 says, Now if children also heirs indeed, heirs of God, now joint heirs of Christ, if indeed we go on suffering with him, so that we also may be glorified together with him. If you are the child of God, then you are an heir, you are a heir of God and joint heirs with Christ. What does it mean to be a heir of God? means you are going to inherit all that God has. We have an inheritance that is being reserved for us in heaven. Imperishable inheritance. We have spiritual blessings in heavenly places. 
Everything that God owns, we are going to own it. We are going to inherit it. He says we are going to inherit the kingdom of God. We are going to inherit the head. We are going to inherit the kingdom of heaven. Everything God owns, both the heavens and the earth, we are going to inherit all. And that is going to change how you live. Why should you be stingy? Why should you be greedy? When you, are going to, when you have the whole world to inherit. You have the whole world for eternity. God, God has the whole world. You are, you are the son of the father. You are the son of the owner of everything. Why can't you give a lot out? Why can't you be generous? We are heirs of God. We are children. We are heirs. God has placed us in a way that we can receive inheritance from him. And joint heirs with Christ. Which means that whatever Christ owns, we own too. Whatever Christ inherits as a natural son, we inherit as adopted sons of God. I don't know if that sounds marvelous in, in your hearing, but it does sound marvelous to me. Notice the word, if. If we go on suffering with Christ, that we may be glorified together. So he's saying suffering is part of the Christian life. And don't let anyone deceive you that it's not part. Christians suffer because of even everything unbelievers suffer in the world. We suffer sickness, we suffer cancer. We suffer all these things that are a result of consequences of the fall and sin in the world. But we still suffer more for being Christians. The Lord Jesus Christ said you are going to be hated by the world. If he was hated, then we are going to be hated. We are going to be persecuted. He says, if indeed all who want to live godly lives in Christ Jesus are going to be persecuted. Do not be ashamed of suffering for Christ. Your reward is going to be great in heaven. Rejoice when people suffer, persecute you. When people say evil about you wrongfully. Rejoice in those days of persecution. I'm not saying that we should go and purposely attract persecution or suffering to ourselves. No. There's a difference between uh, being persecuted for godly, for being godly and being persecuted for foolishness. And you're not called that persecution. No. You are being persecuted because you are godly, because you are living a righteous life. And if you don't suffer as a Christian, then I can't assure you of being glorified together with Christ. If you are seeing your life, no, no suffering, no form of suffering at all, how can you show that you are actually a Christian? I would say suffering is one of the marks of being a believer. One of the definite marks of being a believer. Because suffering must come in the life of a believer. That's what the text says. Every Christian will suffer one way or the other. It's not a must that we would all have a martyr's death. That we would all be killed by the sword or shot on the head. That kind of persecution. No, but we are going to suffer one way or another. 
it could be through depression, it could be through sickness. But it is truly going to test our faith and gives us a good character. And perfect us because suffering is going to work out for a better good. First Peter 4, verse 12 says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you. Don't be surprised at sufferings when they come. They are going to come. The best thing you can do now is to prepare for it. Don't be surprised. If you are surprised, then it means you are not, you are not prepared for it. Or maybe someone else have told you that the Christian life is a life of joy, that there is no suffering, a life of enjoyment. He says, Do not be surprised at the fury of the among you which comes upon you for your testing. This suffering is coming to test your faith. Don't let the worries of this life make you to lose your faith. Let your faith be persevere through the end of the fury trials. Let it persevere and be refined. Don't let suffering make you to run away from the faith. He says, it's for your own testing. And I will pray that all of you will pass the testing. He says, as though some strange thing were happening to you. Don't be surprised. This is not something strange. You are familiar with suffering. That's what he said to us here. But to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing. So that also at the revelation of his glory, you may rejoice with exaltation. So to the degree you suffer with Christ, to that degree will be your glory. If you suffer small with Christ, that you receive small glory. The degree you suffer with Christ, the same degree you receive in glory. So he says, he says keep on rejoicing so that the revelation of his glory so you may rejoice in the tradition. The disciples, when they were flogged, they says that they were thanking God, they were rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his sake. That should be our attitude towards suffering, rejoicing in sufferings. Say, if you are revived for the name of Christ, if you are attacked for the name of Christ, you are blessed. So there's a blessing in persecution. Remember our Lord Jesus Christ even said, blessed are you when you are persecuted. And rejoice for your, for what? He says, for your reward is great in heaven. He says, and Peter is saying here that if you are revived for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. During that moment of persecution, God is going to give you what to say through his spirit. So don't be afraid. Don't, don't try and practice what to say at that moment. God is going to take over your mouth and give you what to say at that moment. God is going to give you the strength to go through that persecution, to go through that trial. It's going to just depend upon God's spirit for you to be faithful even unto death. Even if you are going to die in that persecution or that suffering, depend totally upon God. But Peter gives us a warning. He says, make sure that no one, none of you suffers as a murderer or thief or evil doer, or a troublesome meddler. So you see now, he's saying, don't suffer for foolishness. Don't suffer because you are a murderer or because you are a thief and you call that that you are suffering for Christ. No. You are suffering for your own sin. 
or a troublesome meddler, you have gone to go and look for trouble somewhere, and you are saying you are suffering for your own the consequences of your own sin. That is not the Christian suffering. He has told us here specifically. He said, but if anyone suffers as a Christian, as a believer, you suffer. This is the reason why you are suffering because you are a believer. Not because you are a murderer, not because you are a thief, not because you are troublesome, but because you are a Christian. He said, it's not to be ashamed. Don't be ashamed if you are suffering as a Christian, but you have to glorify God in, in this name. For it is time for judgment to begin with the household of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the outcome of those who do not obey the gospel of God? If we ourselves are going through suffering now, and it's, it's feeling like judgment for us, it says begin, time for judgment to begin with the household of God. If this suffering is great for us and we are feeling like, oh, what's this, what's this? In these times of suffering, it's feeling so great. See, what will not be the outcome of those who do not obey the gospel of God? What do we now say about unbelievers? See, and if it is with difficulty that the righteous is saved. You remember uh, Paul says that through much tribulation shall we enter the kingdom of God. That's discipleship 101. The kingdom of God is through much tribulations we shall enter the kingdom of God. So, prepared for suffering in the Christian life. This is setting. It says that it's, it's with difficulty that the righteous is saved. Jesus said, strive to enter through the narrow gate. He didn't say, play to enter into it. There's a striving, there's an ad, a hard work to enter through the narrow gate. There's difficulty to enter into the narrow gate. So what will become of the godless man and the sinner? Therefore, those, who, those also who suffer according to the will of God will entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. Entrust your souls to God, the God who is righteous. Entrust your souls to Him at that moment. The same way our Lord Jesus Christ entrusted His spirit and His soul to, to God the Father when He was about to be crucified. If you are killing sin before sin kills you, then you are being led of the Spirit. If you have received the Spirit of adoption and you are crying out, Abba, Father, it's certain you are enjoying the witness of the Spirit. With the witness of the Spirit, the assurance and joy of salvation, you can face any suffering that comes your way, that you may be glorified with Christ. Why is it that the disciples, the early Christians, were all able to go through persecutions for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake? Many of us, they will ask us that if someone was to come to tell you to deny Christ now, many people will say they are not sure that they will not deny Christ, that they, they probably think they will deny Christ at that moment. But if you go ask the early Christians, they will say they won't deny Christ if someone were to put a gun on their head. Why? The Spirit of God was in them. The Spirit of God was in them, assuring them that this faith is true. It was witnessing with them, bearing with them, with them that they are children of God. They were so certain that whichever way they die, if they were to die at this moment, they were going to heaven. The Spirit of God was giving them that assurance. That is why they were able to face the persecution. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that has come to our hearts. 
Thank you that you have shown us through your word how we can mortify the deeds of the flesh, how we can live a life pleasing to you. Oh Lord, we pray for today onwards that those who have not been led by the Spirit, oh Lord, Father, let, them, let the Spirit become their leader and let them lead them on the right path. As many, oh Lord, that are looking for uh, leading of the Holy Spirit in certain areas of their life where they are not sure if this is a sin or not sin, oh Lord, Father, please let your Spirit give them answers in those areas. We pray that your Spirit will rest mighty upon many, oh Lord, that will listen to this. And many, oh Lord, Christians around the world, oh Lord, that they will be certain that they are saved. That they will enjoy the joy of their salvation, the assurance of their salvation, oh Lord. And they will be able to face any suffering that comes to them. Be able to face any persecution that comes to them. Because they are certain that you are with them through their, that suffering. That they are still certain that they are children of God because your spirit goes on telling them this, goes on witnessing with them, goes on testifying with their own spirit that they are children of God. So even Satan at that moment cannot make them doubt. Thank you, Father, for all you have done. Thank you, Father, for your spirit. Thank you, Father, for adoption as sons. Thank you for redeeming us from fear of sin and death and the law. Thank you, Lord, that we can have the privilege to be heirs of you and co-heirs with Christ. Thank you, Father, that we can have a deep and intimate relationship with you through prayer, that we can cry out to you in our time of need and our time of help and our time of pains and even during sufferings, oh Lord, and you will hear us. And you will share abroad your love in our hearts. We give you all the glory and all the Father and all the honor. Through Jesus Christ our Lord to pray.